0: Welcome. This is this week in Mormon, the sisters edition, and tonight I am your host, Tiffany Hales. I am one half of the twin sisters. The other half of the twin sisters, Ariane, is on vacation this week, so I have invited a guest co-host to podcast with me tonight. Woo! Yes, I want to introduce <laughs> you. This is my good friend Holly Casos, and she is actually a twin super fan. I am. I am. I'm a <laughs> patreon she's a patreon sus- I've been subscriber a
1: for years well, and-
0: exactly so um when Arihan- Arianne had to go on va- vacation she said why don't you see if holly was willing to <laughs> podcast with you so i said i said girlfriend are you brave or crazy or both <laughs> and i said definitely both <laughs> so here is holly so um Let's have them let's let's introduce you to our listeners, Holly. Okay. Um since they are not familiar with you, you just give a l- brief little background and then we're going to tell the story of how it is Holly and I know each other because it's just downright hilarious. It's a little wild. It's a little wild.
1: <laughs> so, All right. give a little introduction. My name is Holly Casos. I live in Eagle, Idaho. I have six adult children and um my my youngest just turned 18, so I decided to be crazy and go back to school.
0: And what are you majoring in?
1: I'm working on getting my master's in marriage and family therapy.
0: And how is that different from your bachelor's?
1: Uh, yeah, so I did my bachelor's <laughs> in music education. I was a band director for a couple years, and then
0: um, it did not become
1: cost effective for me to be a band director anymore because I had kids. Yeah, and my husband was going to medical school, so it would have cost more basically for daycare. More for daycare.
0: Yeah. Well, I know that you put that, those musical talents to good use because you have very musical children. So I would say that your degree was not lost. It was well, it served you well. Thank you. They may say
1: that I tortured them because I forced them to take piano lessons from me till they were all in fifth grade, but uh, it's okay. It worked out well in the end.
0: Exactly. <laughs> what kid doesn't think their parents tortured them? True, true. So it's, it's in the job description. <laughs> Okay, we need to talk about how you and I met. Oh my goodness. This is the craziest story. Okay. Okay, so you have to go back to college. I have to go back
1: to college. This is in the 80s. In the 89. 89. Exactly. Okay. Fall of 89. No, it was actually, I guess it was actually the winter of 90. Okay. So I was a sophomore in college at BYU. I was living in Heritage Halls, the old ones. Yes. The really, really old ones. And, um, I was living my best life at BYU, and I I declared to basically everybody in my ward that I was not going to date any RMs. You were not there for an MRS degree. No. This was not... I mean, eventually I wanted to get married, but I wanted to get my degree. This was important to me. You go, girl. So, you know, all the pre-missionaries, they were fine because they were going to leave, so I didn't have to worry about heartbreak. I just wanted to have fun. That, That seems very fair. I thought so. So, it worked out pretty well until... Um, the second semester, winter of '90, and uh, all of a sudden, this family home evening brother starts coming to family home evening. Well, that's newly what off su- his mission. Oh, newly office mission. So okay. of course he would come because yeah. you know that's what you do. Exactly. So anyhow, I I started to become very intrigued by him, (laughs) and it also helped that he was really into music and opera, which how many guys did I know that were into opera? And he would even stand on my kitchen table and sing opera music to me, and um, he also loved to go dancing, so on the weekends, we'd, like, uh, dance hop all over Provo campus, because Back in the eighties, dancing was well, a thing.
0: Exactly, and like seriously, every weekend they had ward and stake dances on on the campus. You could really just like crash a dozen dances if you because wanted nobody
1: to. knew if you were in the ward. Or exactly, not. it was so fun. Anyhow, so I really started mm, sort of crushing on him, and I decided we were doing a lot of things together. And I decided it was time to like
0: do the DTR thing. Oh, you gotta love a good define the relationship <laughs> talk. <taught. laughs>
1: So uh yeah so I tried that and he was not interested and I asked him why. Well that's fair. <laughs> and, You're a
0: package, I get exactly. it. Exactly.
1: I mean, who wouldn't love this? <laughs> and he said that he was interested in a girl named Tiffany.
0: Hmm.
1: I wonder who that might be. <laughs> So I was like, oh, well, that's too bad. <laughs> Meanwhile, you're probably going, well, I
0: haven't seen much
1: of this I've never I've seen, seen Tiffany, one. but okay. And and honestly, for the next year, we were really good friends. We yeah. did a lot of stuff together. It was just very well known. You know, he'd friend zone yeah. me hard. Yeah. But I'd never seen this Tiffany person. Yeah. And I, 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 didn't, like, I didn't really making know. making this up? Yeah. Did <laughs> she really exist? <laughs> and then I went on my mission. And I came back, and he's still single, and I still haven't seen Tiffany, but I wasn't really interested in him anymore. Because you found another boy on your mission. I did, <laughs> which is a whole nother story. Um, well, I have to share a little bit of it uh, to please, make the next part make sense. Okay. So while I was um, at a mission conference, my now husband was up on the stage translating for one of the guests. And as he was talking, um, the spirit very strongly said to me, one day you're going to marry this guy. And I I didn't really take kindly to that information. (laughs) Not that he wasn't a good guy, but I was 10 months out on my mission and I had numerous times heard, you know, Spencer W. Kimball's "Lock Your Heart" yes, comment. Yes. So I, I had words with God that night and told had to go over. Well, you know, you don't usually tell God what to do. Right? It, it, it generally speaking it does not work. End well. It does not work. Um, so over the next eight months of my mission, I I had at least six more experiences like this happen. And That's I fought crazy. it hard. Yeah. I wasn't like, OK, that sounds great. I was like, <laughs> what are you saying? This isn't supposed to be happening on my mission. Um. Anyhow, it didn't help that my mom, as I was leaving on my mission, I was the oldest, uh-huh. and she was very concerned I was never going to get married at the ripe old age of 21. Well, said, you know, that's outdated in LDS standards.
0: I know, I know. You're, you're past I your was expiration. Old.
1: And she said, well, maybe you'll meet the guy you're supposed to marry on your mission. Oh, did you want to just slap your mother? They were fighting words, so yes. that was never going to happen because I could not prove my mom right. So needless to say, by the end of my mission, I, I'd finally come to terms that this was probably going to happen. However... I had not ever mentioned this to my future husband. Yes. Because he was still a missionary. Yeah. And he, he had many months to go before he yes. came home. Anyhow, so back to that year. And so you, you come home from your mission. I come home from my mission. And all of a sudden, I started hanging out with Rick again. Where, you know, he's a foodie. So we would go out to numerous yeah. restaurants and try things out. And then, um, one day we were having a discussion and I just decided to be frank with him. And I told him that I was waiting for this guy who was still on the mission because the spirit had told me that I was going to marry him. And I asked Rick, I'm like, did anything like that ever happen in your life where you just, it didn't make any logical sense, but the spirit spoke to you and you kind of knew that what you were, was what you were supposed to do? And he said, actually, yes. With that (laughs) Tiffany girl. With that Tiffany girl. And I'm like, oh,
0: well, hello. Why are
1: we still here? Four years? It wasn't
0: four, but it felt like that. Yeah. That's probably three at least. Exactly. So anyhow, and that, that is the story of how I knew of you. Yes. Because now let's, let's leave, let's not leave our listeners in suspense and let's explain who Rick ended up being in my life, which was, My husband, (laughs) your ex-husband. Well, now he is my ex-husband, but (laughs) But yes. He did finally follow that prompting. He finally (laughs) followed the prompting and he did marry me and we produced three wonderful children. Beautiful children. Which brings us to how you and I finally connected personally. Yes. So when my youngest child got baptized, um, by then I was living in Eagle. Rick and I were divorced. Um, and so she was baptized and Rick attended her baptism and I had posted pictures on Facebook of her baptism that had pictures of her stepdad, pictures of her real dad, family pictures. And you and I had a lot of Facebook friends in common.
1: That's right. And I think it must've been a really slow night in my world because I got online that night and I don't, I was not, I do not believe I was friends on Facebook with Rick at that point. Okay. Um, but I just started, you know, how in the side it scrolls down with everybody's commenting yes. on. And a lot of my friends were commenting on this post. And so I clicked over to it. And there is your sweet daughter, you know, getting baptized. And then there was a picture of Rick. <laughs> and I started reading Oh, Rick, yes, and Tiffany. Tiffany, (laughs) the Tiffany. The infamous (laughs) Tiffany. And so I started looking some more, and I, of course, pulled out my LDS tools because it was happening in Eagle, and Eagle's all one stake, or it was at the time. And there was you in my LDS tools. But not married to Rick. (laughs) Not married to Rick.
0: And living... Two blocks away from my house. I know. That's the craziest thing. We're literally separated by two cult (laughs) of sex. It's insane. So I think then you sent me a message on Facebook and said, Hey, this is kind of crazy.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I don't even remember exactly what I said, but I'm like, you're going to think I'm really weird, but I've known about you for years. (laughs) And I used to be friends with Rick and
0: we must like each other because we like the same boys. (laughs) It's destiny. destiny. (laughs) So we became friends and we are even though we are separated by two cultus sex we are not in the same ward. We are so not. We are in different wards. We're both kind of on the the borderline of each other's ward. And so every time they threaten a boundary change, I wonder. I'm like, am I going to Holly's ward? Is Holly coming to mine? Wouldn't that be so cool?
1: It's more likely I would come to yours because yours is a smaller ward. Mine is a
0: smaller ward. So So, I keep thinking it's going to happen. Yes. So anyway, that listeners is how Holly and I know each other. So, speaking of wards, it was Father's Day on Sunday. So,
1: yes, it was. I think we
0: need to touch on Father's Day for a minute. Um, if you're a longtime listener of my sister and I, we always talk about Mother's Day and what the moms get and what the mom what the moms get and what the moms should get, what they want, what they want. Yes. Anyway, so um, I am now in a Relief Society presidency, and so we were in charge of Father's Day for our ward. So I am sorry. (laughs) Well, and my president, her son was graduating, so I said, hey, I will take on the Father's Day responsibility. So I ordered pies from this restaurant that has really good pies. We got the little plastic clamshells to put them in. Ariane designed me the cutest sticker that said, have a sweet Father's Day to put on top of the little plastic clamshell. So, you know, I'm feeling pretty puffed with pride. Yeah, you've got this, girl. About my effort for Father's Day for the guys in our ward. They're going to love it. So I show up on Sunday morning. And I'm getting to the church early because I need to get all the pies inside. In the fridge. In the fridge. We have nine o'clock church. So I show up at 8 30 and I pull in by the kitchen. And there by the kitchen is the craziest setup I have ever seen on a Sunday morning. There were four smokers. What? And the smokers were smoking. Are you kidding? Me? I am not kidding. And by smokers, I mean meat smokers. I don't mean like cigarette smokers. <laughs> so there are. Like the Traeger's. Like the Traeger's. <laughs> four Traegers. Oh my they gosh. They have this, they're under a tent. There's camping chairs out there and I'm like, what the freak? <laughs> <laughs> What's going God. What is going on? So I the kitchen wow. was unlocked because they had extension cords from the kitchen going outside. So I go into the kitchen and there's all this barbecue stuff in the kitchen. I mean, it is clear to me that most likely the ward after us, the 11 o'clock ward, is having a full on barbecue for their dads. So you can I, what the heck? I, I know. You can imagine how I'm feeling about my lonely little pies. Uh, yeah, not at so this confident anymore. Time.
1: Especially because everyone at the 9 a.m.
0: church is gonna be seeing what exactly. the next. What is doing? They're probably thinking I'm smoking Oh, no. Bad. Oh, no. So then I go to open the fridge because I have 10 pies. Five of them are fruit pies. Five of them are cream pies. i got to put my cream pies in the fridge. they got to be refrigerated. They took up all the refrigerator space. No, they did not. Yes,
1: they did. Did you pull everything back out?
0: Well, they had, they had two things in there that were like food things that I could tell they were like, I don't know if they're going to put them in their smoker or in the oven, but they had all this bottled water. And I was like... I'm sorry. Mock cream pies trump your bottled water Amen. when it comes to fridge space. But not only that, we are the 9 o'clock ward. We are entitled to first use of this kitchen. That's right. You don't, as the 11 o'clock ward, do, get to like come in. Like they never called and asked anybody else. No. and you serve <laughs> my kitchen time. <laughs> you need those pies refrigerated. So, and then I went into the cultural hall and they had like, they had like a whole setup going on in the cultural hall.
1: How can they be doing that? You have church at 9 a.m.?
0: I, I have Don't you no, need the cultural hall? Well, fortunately, our ward is small enough that we don't need the cultural hall. And we recently transitioned from having classes in the cultural hall where we could spread out to back to being in the Relief Society room. Okay, well, at least room. that. But that's so, crazy. Anyway, so yeah, so it was really crazy. So we do our pies. They're in there about 10, 20, just kind of chomping at the bit for us to get out of there. And I'm like... We will get out of here when we are good and ready to get out of here. They're ready to start their tailgate party at the church. Exactly. So. I mean, this could be a new thing, you know, sacrament (laughs) meeting, tailgate after or before. I know. So they're in there. They're dumping chips in bowls. They've got side dishes in the oven. I I don't know. They had buns. They had their water. So I asked him, I said, so what are you smoking? And they said, oh, we're smoking ribs. And I'm like, ribs? Ribs. Oh, my goodness. But it gets better than that. I went over to my friend Christy's house on Sunday night, and her dad is in that ward. And I said, what did you all have today? Not only did they have ribs, they had pulled pork, and they had brisket. Are you kidding me? No. They had a full-on meal oh in there goodness. after sacrament meeting. What on earth? For the dads. This, I mean, we may need to co-opt this for Mother's Day. Well, seriously. So then I asked Christy's dad. I said, what did your ward do for the moms? Because I'm like, if this is what we're doing for the dads, what, what are we do we do for the moms? He's like, they got a flower. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> and they
1: got a flower.
0: Oh my goodness. I would be a little bit peeved. If I were the one of the moms in that ward, I'd be a little bit peeved.
1: They're gonna. They're gonna have to up their game next year.
0: I'm here to tell you. I've decided I may have to send a text message to my bishop, and I may have to say, "Well, if this is an acceptable standard for Father's Day, let me tell you what the sisters are going to expect this this (laughs) Mother's Day."
1: (laughs) Well, if it makes you feel any better, um, I think you did a great job with the pies compared to my ward, which did. Uh, As far as I can tell, nothing. Ooh. All I know is that nothing happened during sacrament meeting. I stayed till the end. Okay. And it went a good 20 minutes over time. So there were 10 minutes left because we still have half an hour, second hour, 10 minutes left to deliver my Sunday school lesson. And um, so we did that in 10 minutes flat. And I came down. My husband was already in the car. And I said, what'd they do for Father's Day? Did you get something for Father's Day? And he said, no. And I'm like, well, it's possible that my husband skipped Sunday school and they did something in Sunday school. Because it was 10 minutes, like, why not sit in the car? I don't know. But at the same time, I I didn't see anyone else coming out with anything.
0: Ow, ouch. It's a good thing you don't meet in my building because (laughs) that would have been bad. That would have been bad. They're like, we could smell the aroma of the barbecue (laughs) and we got nothing.
1: It It was weird because then I suddenly had that slight moment of panic attack because for the past six years... I've been in the primary presidency and the Young Women Presidency. I just recently got mm-hmm. released from all presidencies. And um, it's those two presidencies and the release Society presidency that kind of rotate uh. whose turn Father's Day is. But this, all the presidencies in our ward have been changed since COVID. Okay. And nobody had to do anything last year for COVID. Yeah. So I don't know if they're just,
0: they didn't get the memo or maybe it just didn't dawn on them. I don't know. Ooh, ow. Okay. It, so the
1: pies, the pies were spectacular next to
0: our <laughs> like next offerings. to the nothing you got. Yes. So. <laughs> so yes, apparently this time it is awarded my steak being extra, not just Ariane's steak who is extra all the time. Listen, I'm ready for
1: a full Cheesecake Factory meal for the next Mother's Day.
0: Sounds good to me. Mm, bring it on. Somebody better put that in the budget. <laughs> All right. Well, since we are here to do news stories, yes. let's do some news stories. It's a bit of a slow week. We it don't. It was a really slow week. Yeah. We don't have, we don't have a ton, but what we have is good. So it's not quantity. It's, it's quality. quality. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's start off with, um, there was a very interesting article in the Deseret Magazine, which I think I referenced last podcast. It's a monthly publication that Deseret News does, and they do more editorial pieces. They did an amazing write-up on Brother Donnie Osmond.
1: Oh, my gosh. I was so excited. So um, for those of you that don't know, if you are a member of Patreon... They have a special Facebook page for you now. When we say a member of Patreon, a Twim, oh, the Twim, the not twim just Patreon, Patreon in yes. general, but the Twim, twim Patreon. Patreon. Yeah. Um, so Jeff started a special Facebook group, and so he recently
0: asked, like, what guests would you like on Twim Nation? Yeah, because he he likes to do the guest interviews. He was wanting so they're was, fun. He was wanting to score some guest interviews. And I
1: said, Jeff, Donny's coming out with a new al- album. Get, get Donnie. Get Come Donnie. On. Contact and his publicist. He was not feeling very confident about that. I kind of ribbed him about it. Oh, good. But um, anyhow, so I was very excited when I saw this story about Donnie. Like, actually, I get to talk about Donnie Osmond. And, oh, I have been in love with him since I was probably
0: five years old. Well, and let me tell you, folks, you can't see this, but I can. <laughs> the notes on the article, on her hard copy of the article, she wrote them in the color
1: Purple. purple. I know, donning his purple socks. And I still remember, um, I used to go up to my 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 grandparents' house and they had an old-fashioned record yeah. player and they had an a Osmond Five album. Oh. And I would put that on the record player. My grandpa taught me how to, you know, do it yeah. the right way. And I would listen to that album and I would sit in their front room and I would, well, I wouldn't sit. I would dance because I <laughs> love to dance. I'm no good at dancing, but I love to dance. So they would have like, one bad apple, don't spoil the, the whole, whole bunch, batch. girl. <laughs> yeah. I love that Oh, song. I love it. So anyhow, that was my life. And then when I turned about nine, um, the Donnie Marie show came on. And I loved watching that. I mean, he was a heartthrob. He was a heartthrob. Uh, mm, so. Even at age nine. So anyhow, he is now getting ready to, well, he's putting out a new album. Yes,
0: he's got his new album coming out. he's going out.
1: to start a show. At Harrah's in Las Vegas. It used to be that there was a Donnie and Marie show.
0: Yes, I think they were at the Flamingo. They They were for like 11 years.
1: It was supposed to be a six-month gig, and they never left. (laughs) They never left, and I never got the chance to see it. I'm very upset about that. But Donnie's back without Marie this time. On his own, he's doing a solo gig. He's doing a solo gig, and he is going to, um, in his show, basically talk about all the stages of his career And he said that at one point there's going to be a jukebox where people in the audience can just shout out what song they want to hear from all of his repertoire. Oh, And the band's
0: going to... I mean, that's like 600 songs. Oh, that's crazy. Can you imagine? I can't even imagine. I couldn't do it. Anyhow. So the article is obviously promoing his new show and what he's going to do. But it's also talking a lot about his life in Provo because what's crazy is when he does these shows in Vegas... He will, I believe it's Monday or Tuesday morning, he goes down to the Provo Airport, hops in his private plane, goes to Vegas, does a week of shows in Vegas. Saturday night, he gets back on his private plane so that he's home in time for church on Sunday. Crazy
1: is crazy. It? Yes. I mean, I kind of live that life because I have a husband That's who true. travels Your husband out of town. Does a so lot I understand of that. But it is kind of crazy. And he when he was on the Mass Singer. He did the same thing. He yeah. would travel in between Vegas and... I don't remember where LA. they taped it. Yeah, I think probably they LA. I
0: taped it in LA. Yeah.
1: So, so yeah. It was a wonderful article. And I loved it because it was long. So you really got to kind of see an inside view of yes. Donnie and his world. And I found out that he has a vineyard in his backyard. Yeah. And makes amazing grape juice. Yeah. And at one point, um, the interviewer talked about how his... Um, grandsons came in and his son, and they were all in the kitchen and they just started singing together. But you can kind of picture that. Oh, totally. And I'm just telling you that I kind of want to just sneak in one day and just do that with him. Pretend to be an awesome. If the whole family's in there, will they really notice who I am? I don't know. He's got a lot of kids and he's got a lot of grandkids. I could just be like
0: Aunt Holly. Aunt (laughs)
1: Holly? Aunt Holly. (laughs) How's she related again? Oh, I'm not really sure. It's kind of fuzzy, but (laughs) you know. (laughs)
0: Work. Oh, it's like it a family work. reunion. Nobody ever, nobody
1: ever knows everyone. I'm telling you. But anyhow, he had an amazing career. I, just it just talks about everything from all yeah. those things to when he was um he was a singing voice on Mulan. Yes, um, which I did not realize. Shane, I think, is his name. the yeah. the heart throb. And he was in Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. And when I was in Utah, going, oh, I, I. I think my husband was in um, medical school at the time. Okay, one of my friends got tickets to go <gasps> see it, and in the second row. Oh my god! And how can I say no to that? You exactly. know, Donny Osmond, my longtime heartthrob, is in the show, and I'm in two a, in rows a away from him in a musical. Where one of the, my favorite songs that he sings, <laughs> he's in jail with no clothes with on. No clothes on. Well, almost no clothes yeah. on. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was it was it was lovely. Aww. <laughs> So Donnie. Donnie. I love little Donnie. So I, I really hope good things for him. He's
0: 63 years old now. Yeah. And I can't believe he's still doing shows. Exactly. Because it takes a lot of physical stamina to be able to do that. And, you know, he, he looks pretty good. I'm sure he's probably had some nips and tucks here and there. But, you know, to ha- be in the physical condition that he's in, still has a really strong singing voice And being able to, you know, go out there and do shows, because I'm pretty sure at this point in time, if he wanted to retire and say, hey, Debbie, let's go serve a mission. I'm not thinking money is the issue. I don't think so. I don't think he's like, I got to earn some bucks to pay the bills.
1: Yeah. And it's very interesting because he's struggled with anxiety his whole life. He's even written a book about it. And yet he still gets out there and does it. So there's part of him that does yeah. love
0: the performing. I, exactly. I would have to think or yeah. he wouldn't do it. Exactly. You're exactly right. He loves the performing and, and what he, being able to give but also get back because anybody who has performed, you know, you I love it. It's addicting. Physically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you are putting yourself out there giving but you're getting a lot back from the audience as well. You really do. So. It's amazing.
1: So good luck to Donnie.
0: I might have to go out
1: to Vegas and see his show this time. Ooh, maybe we're going have to have a girls' road trip. Oh, let's do that. that can we invite be so Ariane Because
0: I've never met her either. That's right. I cannot believe you I haven't know. met my sister. I feel like I know her. I you well, you know, if you <laughs> listen to the episodes, you probably do. So okay, well we'll have to think about that. Girls road trip do to it to Vegas. let's Do it. <laughs> Maybe we can even put it out there and say, hey any twin fans you want to join us in Vegas for the Donnie show. If you're a Patreon member. That's <laughs> right, you have to be a Patreon <laughs> member. Let's uh we're gonna give another plug there for the Patreon. <laughs> I'm just trying to get Jeff some money that's just all. just keep the lights that's on right, that's all, that's we right. Asked. <laughs> all right let's move on to our next story um there is a show on food Network and it is called the great food truck race I've seen maybe one season of this um it's been one of those shows that I would like to watch more seasons of it but guys I have a really busy life but I've enjoyed it and and it's kind of funny because I got I got turned on to it by Keith, Arianne's husband, because he's watched it because it's kind of a a, a suppressed desire of his, so <laughs> to speak. To own speak, a food truck? <laughs> to own a food truck. He's a real foodie. I and love so it. And so we have talked about if we went on the show that a great combination on the show would be Keith because he would come up with like all of the recipes, really good food. Darren, who can fix anything mechanically that breaks. And he's a real good foodie as well, but he has no problem following directions and then me, because I would be out there working at selling it. <laughs> You would be. Anyway, You'd so be we've great talked about that. But the article that I'm going to talk about is um, there in one of the earlier seasons, and I don't know if it was the first season or the second season, but one of the earlier seasons... Um, there was three brothers from Utah, Adam, Steve, and Jared Terry. And they went on the great food truck race and they had this food truck called Waffle Love. And so they make waffles and they do sweet waffles and savory waffles. And they did really well. They didn't win. They came in second. Who did they come in second to? They came in second to, now I can't pronounce this. Fuh. Ah, yeah, that's right. Fuh. Oh, phenomenal. Phenomenal dumplings. Okay. Now, see, I'm oh, not a pho. I are. adore pho. So, it's so good. I would probably pick the waffle truck. Anyway, <sighs> so they came in second to them, and they transitioned this food truck into a, a storefront. Now, I've been to the stores. Be- well, I one have of two. them before. Yeah, the one here in, in Meridian. Yeah. And it's it's really good. Oh, they're waffles with uh, fried chicken and maple syrup. That is yeah. so good. Exactly. I haven't had that, but I'm trying to think what I've had. I've had something else there. but the my strawberries has- and cream. My husband had the chicken and waffles, and he really oh, liked man. it. Anyway, so they transitioned this into a business. And these three brothers have a falling out. Oh, no. And so um, they have a falling out. um, And it says that their falling out is related to, it's a business related matter that seeped into their personal lives. That does not sound good. That sounds to me like some wives weren't getting along. (laughs) I'm just guessing. Uh, That could very
1: well be the case.
0: (laughs) So they kind of went their separate ways. And one of the brothers was running the storefront. And then last year in early 2020, um, Food Network reached out to them and said, Hey, we want to do a um a, a food- like an all-stars. Like an all-stars. They want to do a great food truck race, all-stars. And even though these guys never won, they were so successful and people liked them, they said, Will you participate in all stars? So then these three brothers had to kind of do a really hard look introspective going, well, we're not really talking to each other right now. And
1: that, that's a tough one. So, and honestly, they don't really need the money, right? Because they have stores now. Stores are doing fine. So it's more
0: about the, just the race. Exactly. Exactly. So So did they, did they make amends? They did. It said after some tough conversations, they reached the conclusion. They were ready to whip up a return And one of the brothers says, it's really a story of redemption for us, not just in terms of a second chance at grabbing the belt. Adam Terry said, this was a really cool way for us to get those things resolved, bury the hatchet and actually redeem an incredible relationship. So basically, you just never know how a relationship
1: is going to get repaired. And in their case, it was Food Network that was the catalyst. Exactly,
0: exactly. So Fantastic. This, this was filmed in 2020 and it started airing, I believe, about two weeks ago on the Food Network. Of course, the article doesn't say how they did. But one of the other things that the article talks about, and again, I think this is just introspection on their part. The first time they did it, they kind of didn't stop and smell the daisies because they were so focused on we want to do well. We want to build our business. It says, this time, especially after an unprecedented falling out, they took time to appreciate each other. They reveled in the fact that they had this scheduled time to spend with each other, an increasingly rare opportunity considering they all have families of their own. That makes sense. Oh, what a fun time. I know. So um, I have Discovery+. Plus. So I'm going to have to get on and watch them, and maybe I will return. You'll have to keep me
1: posted because I don't, I don't have Food Network. And so.
0: report how they did. I'm excited so. to hear.
1: Okay. Well, the next story is that we are returning to
0: summer youth activities yes. this summer. In fact, your ward. Had girls camp last week we did we the girls had girls camp last week they went up to this place in Idaho called Stanley there's lots of lakes up there they rented some cabins right on the lake and they were pilfering all the people in our ward for their water toys <laughs> you know paddle boards canoes I love it. I love um it. They, t- they even took a boat up there wow. Um. and uh, kayaks. And so they had a really good time.
1: Well, in retrospect, that was probably really good timing because my word is going to Young Women's Camp next week, and I just looked at the forecast. Oh, yeah. It's supposed degrees. to be 108
0: degrees. Where are they going? I-, I don't even know. Well, I guess it really doesn't I- I matter it's, if it's 108 yeah, degrees. I think it's, it's going to be hot. hot.
1: <laughs> Anyhow, my and my nephew just got back from from Trek, Steak Trek, and he is 11 years old. Wow. So Sunday, he um, regaled us with his entire experience. Okay, did he love it? He did love it. And um, and his favorite part <laughs> oh, gosh. was that in the evening, so he's 11, which I found to be very strange because... Our steak won't let you go until you're, you're 14. 14, 14 yeah. So, um, so I was wondering, and I think the reason is that they're, they, they're not having dances. Ah. So they can get away with the 11-year-olds yes. coming. But he did say that they were having rap battles in the evening. Hmm. And he thought you that would, was the best thing you ever. I
0: think rap battles might involve some dancing.
1: I, You know, I'm just saying I found it very interesting. But I did ask him, I said, because he's the cutest kid, but he's he's kind of scrawny. He's yeah. 11 years old. And I said, well, tell me about your family. Um, How many big, strong boys were in your family? Which... He kind of took on bridge, too. Oh, dear. And so I, I had to I'm rephrase that. And I said, how many boys were in your family that were um, bigger and taller than you are currently? Because I'm guessing at 11, he's he might be a little on the smaller oh side. Oh, my goodness, yes. Very small. And so he said, there were five girls... In my company, in my family, and three boys, one other boy my age. Oh, dear. And one boy who was 14. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Who was definitely bigger than I was. And... And so I thought about that. And I'm like, well, I don't know how much that's
0: really saying about how big this 14-year-old boy was. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I'm thinking that this was an all-girl effort. i girls had to do a lot of work. And when they got to the women's poll, the girls were like, well, this isn't any different than anything (laughs) else we've done. He did say that he spent almost
1: the entire trek pushing the cart the Uh, whole way. So, you know. He was very diligent at his efforts. Anyhow, um, so youth activities are making a comeback. And I love the idea that um, we are getting together and becoming...
0: Just having experiences with each other again, because exactly. we've been very isolated for the past year. And that's what the article talks about, is just the importance for the youth of getting away from the screens that they've seen in their lives, basically, for the last 15 months. Right. And having a personal, one-on-one, face-to-face <laughs> discussion with other human beings.
1: Well, even just... um just being able to see someone smile at you. Yeah. I mean, we've had masks on for yeah. so long, and um, it's been really refreshing to see people's faces again. Yeah. I couldn't tell who people were with their masks on,
0: so I'm, it's
1: it's hard. I've needed a nose and a mouth
0: to help me out. <laughs> you know, I started a new job during COVID, and so I only saw my coworkers masked. <laughs> so it was really hilarious when I started seeing them without masks because I had no idea what
1: they looked like. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, so Sister Craig in the article, she's the first counselor in the young women's general presidency. She said one of the many lessons that she learned during the last year is that we need each other. We need the smiles. We need the hugs. Yeah. We need the comments. We need the listening ears. And um, I
0: think that's so true. I think it is. I think it's very true. And I think that's one thing that we maybe took for granted pre-COVID and post-COVID. We have a greater understanding of as human beings how we need to be connected to each other and i think it so ties in with how the church altered the visiting teaching and home teaching program to be ministering because it's 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 about connections and it's about forming right. those connections making friends and making friends and having that and i really think that that is really one of the greatest lessons that we have learned from covid it's so true in fact one of the people that
1: or the families that I minister to now that COVID is kind of clearing out in Idaho a little bit. Uh, the past couple months, I've just called them up and said, Hey, I need people in my life. Yeah. Um, come over for a game night. Oh, how fun. <laughs> so we have just been having game nights and it's yeah. been great fun. I love it. Oh, the other beautiful. thing in the article that I thought was really important to remember is that they are, they are really putting out, putting forth the council that they want the youth to be the leaders. leaders. Yeah. They want them to make the decisions. And uh, having recently left young women, I understand the importance of it. It's very hard not to take the reins. Oh, it is incredibly difficult not to do that. And But it's very fascinating that the more you let go, the more these, these um, young men and young women, they're actually planning things that, they are interested in and not that we're interested. Exactly. And then their peers are interested in them. Exactly. So it's really been lovely to see how much they can do when you don't do it for
0: them. Yeah. Interesting. Did you have, when you, when you turned over some of the reins, did you have some youth that were like, uh, I don't want to be in charge of planning. You're the adult. You do it. I don't want to do it. <laughs> or or were they mostly like, okay, I'll get on board and do this?
1: I mean, when they knew it was in their hands, they they went for it. They stepped up. Sometimes they would ask me a lot of questions along the way. Okay. And, and that's fair. And, that's, and I loved that, actually. Yeah. It was kind of nice being a counselor, you know, <laughs> which is what I was. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they just stepped up and they did things. And they planned activities that I was like, oh, I don't know if this is really going to work. But... It really did. Oh, that's awesome. That is so, really awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to have activities happening, happening again. And but I am mindful that in other parts of the world, exactly. that might not be doable yet. Exactly. I have a brother that lives in Poland, and
0: they're still very shut yeah. down. Well, you know, and sometimes I think, you know, we obviously need to acknowledge here in America you know, the vaccine has been widely available and a lot of people have had the opportunity to be vaccinated, which is why we've been able to open up more. But there are many places in the world that haven't had that privilege yet. And so, um, you know, I think we need to be cognizant of that yeah. as well. And creative. Like and creative. last
1: year, I think our young women went through about 13 different plans of what they were going to do for girls' camp <laughs> as the things just kept changing. And in the end, they... um they did a camp where they would drop things off in the morning at people's houses uh-huh. with full of activities. Uh-huh. And then they would share online what they
0: had done, or they would have oh, a that's, class. That's really Zoom. cool. So they found ways to work around it. Yes. Yeah. Well, and another probably really good learning lesson for the youth is adaptability. Oh my goodness. You know, and I think that's another important lesson we've taken from COVID is everything was changing so rapidly and so quickly that, just like you said, they had to change plans because they're like, okay, well this isn't gonna work. What well Warren. what now? Let's yeah. try again. And that's probably a skill that will serve them well for in the, the rest future. of their lives. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So we'll move on to our next story now. Wonderful. Which is um last month I I I discussed my love of the Olympics And that in 30 days when it starts, I plan to sit on my couch in front of my television and probably not move for about two and a half weeks. (laughs) I can't wait. I love the Summer
1: Olympics even more than the Winter Olympics. Oh, I
0: do too. So last time I talked about an article involving Michaela Skinner. She's a gymnast wanting to make a comeback. And so this week, um, I want to talk about some more members of the church that have made the Olympic team. Um, I saw just the other day that there were two Utahns, one of which I'm pretty sure is a member of the church because she made the track and field team and she was a runner for BYU. The other one was, (laughs) was a runner for University of Utah. So she may or may not be. But I saw an article on a swimmer and I, I do love not, swimming. I love the swimming too. I, I have done some Instagram stalking. I cannot confirm or deny whether or not this young lady is a member of the church, but she certainly has some flags in her biography. There's definitely
1: some clues that, that make, make me you wonder. Think
0: she might be. <laughs> so, clue number one her name is Ryan White. Now, <laughs> Ryan is not particularly an unusual name for girls. You know, there's, it's more common it's for boys. It's becoming more common. But she has, how had does a, she spell it? She has a very unique Utah spelling. <laughs> she spells it R-H-Y-A-N. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, those Utahns like they to have throw to be in creative, right? Extra letters and vowels. <laughs> All the time. So that's clue number one. Clue number two is she was born in, she was born in Sandy, and her hometown is Harriman. Again, highly concentrated places. Yes. So, you know, maybe... I think you, you have a good chance of Maybe as right. time goes on, we'll find out. But she qualified in the 200-meter backstroke as well as the 100-meter backstroke. Fantastic. So she's going to be backstroking in Tokyo for the good old USA. Oh, well,
1: I will be there to cheer her on. Me too. How exciting. Well, our next story... Is about, um, a,
0: well, it's written by a woman named Sarah Jane Weaver. Yes. And she, I, I, she does a lot of writing for both the church news and I think the Deseret news. And I think this is more kind of an editorial piece it is. that she's done.
1: It is. And, um, she was talking about how during COVID, um, during the pandemic, her father passed away. I don't think that it specifically says that it was COVID related. It didn't
0: indicate it was COVID related, but it was at the beginning of the pandemic. Right.
1: But while that was, when that happened, she posted something about, about it online. And the next day she got a phone call from, um, Reverend Teresa Deer. From the NAACP or who is a member of the NAACP. Yes.
0: She'd met her at, at some, a convention. At a convention, some sort of NAACP event. Yes, in Detroit a few years before. And she
1: had seen the post on Facebook and had called and and the question she asked when she called was Will you pray with me? Which, how cool is that? I thought, why am I not more like this in my life, right? Exactly. I mean, here's someone who's obviously mourning her father. yeah. And instead of just being like, hey, how's it going? I'm sorry. (laughs)
0: Let me give you a virtual hug. Sorry for your
1: loss. Sorry for your loss. Like she did something
0: active. Exactly. And there's so little that uh, that you you can do.
1: Especially when you live somewhere far away
0: and and we should say they were friends. They not were only friends. had they met, they developed this friendship. So they were friends. So this wasn't just somebody she not met once rando. who said,
1: yeah. <laughs> "Oh, hey, can I pray with you?" No. So she was a friend and that's the question she asked. And I loved what Sarah Jane Weaver said. She said, "I listened as she petitioned heaven for me and my family and for the world facing a pandemic. In an instant, the peace that eluded me during that uncertain time consumed me."
0: I love that. I not that amazing? Love that. I
1: mean, that's very much what we're taught that as the spirit is invited into our lives, peace comes exactly. And there's no greater way to make that happen yeah.
0: than to pray together. Exactly. And I think sometimes we get caught up, and this is a cultural thing more than anything else, is that oh, only LDS people praying together can have the spirit. <laughs> people of other religions, you if you pray with them, that you that's no not really no spirit going no on. Spirit which is so not true. It's so
1: not true. I mean, that's some of what she talked about. Is that they're very different people. They have a lot of differences, but they also have commonalities. They have things that bind them together, and their biggest connection is their belief in Jesus Christ yeah. and their desire to follow Him. Exactly. And um, and Jane or Sarah. Yeah, Sarah goes on to state that um, there's another uh, pastor, Reverend Amos Brown. Um, who's a pastor in San Francisco. And he said, we have more in common than that which may superficially divide us. And he began talking about uh, the metaphor of the salad bowl. Oh, I love this. And I love, this was amazing because he said, oneness is not sameness. In a world strengthened by diversity. Yeah. And he talked about how the melting pot is the idea that everybody comes together, they kind of melt together, and they become... The same thing. The same thing. Like yeah. all the ingredients of a cookie, you yeah. blend them all together, you put them in, and it becomes this cookie. Cookie. But a salad bowl, you have all these different ingredients. You put them together, and it's a delicious thing to eat, but they don't lose their... Identity. Exactly. Right. A pepper is still a pepper. Lettuce is still lettuce. A tomato is still a tomato. Maybe a little more mushy, but still a tomato. Yeah. And I just love that idea that we can be different, but we can really be
0: one and work together to make amazing things happen. Because exactly. if you go back to the salad analogy, you can eat a tomato by itself and it's very delicious, but you combine it in a salad. Oh my goodness. With lettuce and other vegetables and carrots and little salad dressing and croutons, all the, croutons exactly <laughs> all of a sudden your tomato tastes even better because of all of the things that are with it i know and so i just love that
1: idea and and he also said he said i believe the lord truly wants us to bring all of our genius together that's
0: beautiful. Isn't that
1: beautiful? So beautiful. So then she goes on to share a story of um, Elder Holland. I always want to call him
0: President because he was I, President Holland when I, I went know. to school. I do that all the time, too. I can't break the President thing. I've got this, though. So okay. Elder
1: Holland just happened to go to Jackson, Mississippi. And while he was there, he did a courtesy call to the NAACP's offices that were there just to say hi. Yeah. And while he was in there, he noticed that their office was in um, a bit of disrepair. It, it was just outdated, a old, shabby, a little shabby. So he goes home and he manages to secure some financing. And he calls the stake president of the Jackson, Mississippi
0: stake up on the phone, which I think is freaking hilarious. I can't even imagine being <laughs> a stake president. Will you hold for Elder Holland, please? <laughs> yeah. Sure, 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 no problem. No problem. Which one of my friends is pranking me?
1: <laughs> I know, I I don't know what, I think I would be speechless. I wouldn't yeah. even know what to say. Exactly. Okay. So Elder Holland asks if he would be willing to organize a whole bunch of full-time missionaries and young single adults together and go into this office and make all of these repairs. Like paint the walls, replace the carpets, electrical and plumbing stuff just spruce it spruce it up, it up make it snazzy and um, there was no ulterior motivation yeah. in this. He just wanted he says it was it was just a kindness and a courtesy from one neighbor to another. There wasn't ever any ulterior motive. It's the way people are supposed to live together. This country and the whole world could benefit from a little more Christian neighborliness.
0: I love that. that. I love that.
1: That story impacts me so much um, because I, I've had to deal with a little bit of that this okay. past year. <laughs> um, because I was asked recently to chair the committee, the social committee for my neighborhood and it's
0: our neighborhood. And yes, we live in the same development. As you
1: know, the Facebook, oh my goodness, Facebook, our neighborhood Facebook page has been very negative over the past few years.
0: There were some issues. Let's put it that way. A
1: lot of issues. So one of my really dear friends coerced... Well, I can't say no to him. There's a lot of people I can say no to, but he is not one of them. So he asked if I would kind of do something to make some positive moments in our neighborhood, which we started doing. And I have been amazed over the past year, simple things. We did canned food drive. We did a, um, a Christmas drive for the the veterans veterans. for clothing. And we did a
0: Christmas parade where Santa went around on a float. Which I have to say, that was so fun. (laughs) I mean, it's December and it's cold outside and everybody is standing outside on their sidewalks waiting for Santa to come. And people were over the top excited about Santa on a trailer driving through the neighborhood. That's all that
1: happened. It was just on a trailer throwing (laughs) candy. I mean, the amazing people that I found made it look like a beautiful yeah. float but um it was just one float yeah. with santa claus but what it did is that it started making it so the facebook page instead of having negative comments started getting blasted with pictures exactly of things that were happening in the neighborhood exactly. for good exactly and it, it really didn't take that much effort yeah Honestly, it just yeah. took someone asking me to do it, and, and me just getting off up my butt. And it allowed people forward. in our
0: neighborhood to meet other people in our neighborhood and socialize and interact with other people in our neighborhood. And here's a really interesting phenomenon I've noticed: when you get to know someone and understand them, you're less likely to be. You can them.
1: Yeah, it's true. And it, and and my committee, the social committee, is is made up. I think I am really the only LDS member on the committee. Yeah. And we just all, were just friends and neighbors yeah. and people that love to help and serve. Exactly. And I can pull out like my back pocket, you know, all my phone people from my ward and say, help me.
0: <laughs> because <laughs> but- <laughs> they're mostly in our neighborhood. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> But still, it's it, it is. It's very nice. And I think that that goes along with exactly what Sarah Jane Weaver is talking about in this article about how we need to focus on the things that bring us together, uh, not the things that tear us apart, because there are far more things that bring us together and bind us and and allow us to help each other. Yes. If we just choose to focus on that. Exactly. Exactly. All right, well, we're we're getting a little short on time, so I think we need to get to the um reopening. Let's oh my go goodness. on the reopening story. So yes. as we know, there are uh the church is reopening in phases. Um and there Our are temple's s- in phase three now. I know. Our temple here in Meridian is in phase three. Why don't you explain your why don't you explain what phase three means and how phase three has impacted you? Well, let me tell you, first of all, um uh, I tried really hard to get an appointment to go to our temple because now you get them online. Yes. So phase three means that you can do endowments. We are at 50% capacity. So the room will hold. They will allow 50% of the people in. But you can't do an endowment unless you get online and reserve, Make an appointment.
1: reserve a time. So the email came out and I just happened to see it right then. So I clicked it open. I looked at what dates were available. I ran into my husband's office and I said, here are the dates. Which one do you want? He told me I went back to book it. The entire site was full, which there was not a time left. Crazy. Like they went like wildfire, wild fire. which is sad because I didn't, I don't get to go to the temple yeah. now till um, August, but I assuming also have you, no guilt for not going. Assuming you could get an
0: appointment in <laughs> August.
1: Well, yeah, it, w- it only went through the end of July. Yeah
0: well and i i think that we're going to be in phase three for a while i think so um i think we will probably be in phase three through the end of the year so yeah it'll be a fight to get an appointment and then you know maybe at the beginning of next year we might open up to phase four but again this is just tiffany 101 know
1: never know what's coming that's what COVID has taught us exactly the other very exciting part is that um Salt Lake City is starting to open up the yes. Temple Square. So my mother-in-law, um, she's been on a mission for, well, her mission doesn't end until October of this coming year down at the Family History Library. So she was called to the Family History Library in Salt Lake for a year and a half. She went there and then COVID hit. COVID hit. She came, came back home. home.
0: And, and, and we need to clarify, home means living at your living house. Living in my house. Yes. <laughs> Yes. So um, <laughs> that's that's a whole other story.
1: That's another story.
0: But let's just let's say. Let's just say. Before you. I'll, I'll just okay. give them a little flavor okay. of this one. I. To just kind of explain Holly's mother-in-law. I was in the changing room at the temple. They have a changing room for the ordinance workers and the laundry people. And I was in there talking to a friend. And we were just talking. You know. Like I wasn't screaming or yelling. Just in a normal voice. I got shushed by your mother in law. She's like, shh, shh. this is the temple. We need to always use our temple voices. And I just looked at her like, come again. Sister? She's a very black and white view of the world. And type then I person. looked at her name tag and I was like, oh, I think I might know who you She's belong to. She's related to, to Holly. <laughs>
1: Anyway, anyhow, so yes. So she just got word that she is, well, she's actually back in Salt Lake now and the Family History Library opens up the beginning of July. Awesome. And it couldn't be more perfect timing because I have all my uh, adult children coming back home back and forth all the time during the summer. It's a little chaotic
0: at my yeah. house and we just needed a little bit a little break. A little break. A
1: little well, break.
0: and she loves family history, so there is no perfect more, more perfect mission for her than the family history library in Salt Amen. Lake. Amen.
1: She is so happy right now. Good. So, and she's even happier because they they're changing the dress standards a little bit in that place.
0: Really? Yes. They have cuz
1: they normally they're they have suits their mission and ties dresses. Yeah. Now, now they're going to start doing polo shirts and oh. kind of they have labels on them that yeah. say where they're from, but they're trying to uh, make it a little bit more inviting, oh, I think, to the a little, average person a little who's business coming casual. in. Casual, yes, a
0: little business casual. Very cool. So that's Very exciting. Cool. All, right, All right, well, I think that about wraps it up for news stories. Now is our time in the show when we do Mormons behaving badly. However, since last month when Ariane and I recorded and did our Mormons behaving badly. The Mormons have all behaved. They're being goodly. They're being goodly. Just like Nephi's parents. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) We're having a little break from being badly, and we're being goodly. It's a good time to be. Either that or it's just too hot outside, and they're like... Well, they can't do anything. (laughs) I don't want to do anything bad. It's too hot. (laughs) So that is the good news for this month is we have no bad news. (laughs) Thank heaven. (laughs) All right. So now we will move on to our favorite things. Uh, because Arianne and I always do our favorite, my favorite things favorite part. at the end. So I'm going to let you go first with your favorite thing, and then I'll talk about my favorite thing. Okay. So my favorite thing is is kind of two-part.
1: Okay. The first part is the snack. Okay. And it's my, oh, we are in love. We get these at Costco and it's called True Fru, T R U F R U.
0: Okay. And they're in the freezer section. They're in the
1: freezer section in the, the dessert part of the freezer okay. section. Okay. And they're raspberries, frozen raspberries that they've dipped in white chocolate and then Ooh. dipped in dark chocolate. Ooh. And they are divine. They're the perfect combination of sweet and tangy. Yeah. And because they're frozen, you're not like eating 20 of them cuz yeah. it takes, you know, they're frozen. They're frozen. It, it, it
0: it so a the while to perf- chomp them down.
1: The perfect summer treat. So we get I've a bowl had those, of those. Those are very good. They're so good. Get a bowl of those, put them on the table, and then it's game time. Ooh. And our favorite game and my other favorite thing right now, currently, it changes often, is a game called Spy
0: Alley. Okay, I've never heard of this. It's kind of like Clue, but better. Okay, now see, Clue is one of my favorites. <laughs> I've always loved Clue. Well, you may have to come over and play with it. I think next time you have family game night, you need to just like dingle me up and <laughs> come over. So
1: to make a long story short about what this game is about, you become a secret agent for a country. Okay. And you are supposed to collect all of these tools that you need to be a, a very good secret agent and get to your country before someone else figures out that who you're the secret agent? Who for. you are? Okay, but to make matters a little more complicated, there's a a. Um Oh, there's a card that shows you everything that you're trying to collect. You have to buy money for it. Okay. So you can't make it obvious that you're collecting stuff for your country, so you have to collect stuff for other countries, too.
0: So they, so nobody knows. So they nobody can, knows. Go, oh, you're <laughs> you. Italy.
1: So it's a wild game, and there's a, there's a park called Spy Alley where if someone's in there and you land on a certain space, you can guess who that person is for a free guess. Oh. And if you're right, you get... All of their stuff. Oh, and then things just
0: start exploding from there. Oh, I so, want to play this game. It's very fun. Okay, that does sound very fun. <laughs> all right. So my favorite thing this month is we are just finishing Amazon Prime Day today. Oh, I've bought a few too many things. Oh, you know, I'm just when I was I was kind of reviewing this month and and a little bit of last month too, and I'm like, what have I been doing lately that I've that what what has given me joy? <laughs> Amazon Prime, <laughs> Prime sparked joy in my life. Sadly, that is the state of my life that Amazon Prime is sparking joy in my life. But it's seriously, it's just been the convenience of it that, you know, like, like we had to replace our faucet last week and I had a three hole faucet and now I'm down to a one hole faucet. So I've got these two extra holes. So I just hop on Amazon Prime. And I'm like, hole plugs for my, for my sink. Boom. They're at my house the next day. And I'm like, this cost me so much less time and energy. It's so much
1: less time. I have a daughter whose birthday is next yeah. week. She lives in Cincinnati. Yeah. And so I'm just on Amazon Prime clicking and get, away and they're and shipping, shipping right to, her. to <laughs> her.
0: I'm like, they won't be wrapped, but they'll be yours. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that really has been my favorite thing, especially with the wedding. There was so much wedding stuff. I cannot even that I was just like, I'm going to go on Amazon because I know I'll find it and it will come to my house. So That's right. That is my favorite thing this well, That's time. a good favorite thing. <laughs> All right. Well, Twim Nation, thank you so much for joining Holly and I tonight. It's and been I, so fun. Holly, I just want to say it really has been. It's been a delight to have you as the co host. And maybe when we get Ariane back sometime, we will have to do a trio. Oh my gosh, I would love that. That would be so <laughs> fun. Sisters in a trio. Anyway, it's like I'm adopted into the family. Exactly. So we would like to thank you for joining us tonight. Um, if you have any questions or comments, on anything, you can contact Jeff, our grand poobah, <laughs> at uh, contact at thisweekinmormons.com. You can also find Twim on Facebook, on Twitter, and on the gram. And finally, we're going to put a plug in: become a Patreon supporter, two bucks a month, helps us keep the lights on. And maybe if you become good friends with me, I'll let you co-host sometime. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Twim Nation. Good night. Good night.